I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 15, Newborns. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrea Hope, and if you're new to this podcast, thank you for tuning in. And if you're not new to this podcast, thank you for tuning in. <laughs> I'm a poet, a wife, a mother, and a Baha'i. And this is a podcast where I share my recommendations and insights about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire me, some practical tips and resources, and sometimes, well, now it's like most of the time, my poetry. So this podcast, I said it in one of the very first episodes, but it was very much inspired by Happier with Gretchen Rubin, so I want to give a shout out to that podcast, which is just a really great um, daily tips podcast, just things that can make your life happier, little steps that you can take or little reflections that you can have that make your life happier. And I thought, wow, it would be so great to have something like this that also incorporated my faith. So I wasn't able to find a podcast like that, so I said, let's make it. So that's how To Mother got started. So we talk about Baha'i Holy Days and any kinds of Baha'i events or concepts, and then also the phases of motherhood from a Baha'i perspective. Me being a Baha'i, but also I'm very much welcoming other Baha'i moms to record themselves giving tips and resources. Yeah, if you'd like to give a tip or a resource on anything related to being a Baha'i mom or a Baha'i parent, you can email me at info at andreahope.org. So for today, we're going to get into newborns. So I think officially a newborn is zero to two months old, but I found that my interaction with my babies, both of my kids, I have a daughter and a son, has been pretty much the same in terms of the phase until they're about six months, until they start getting ready to eat solid foods or start learning how to crawl and sit up by themselves. Our son is just over six months and a lot of the things that I'll talk about in terms of newborns still apply to him. And the quote that I picked might intrigue you. Let me read it uh, the two times and then we'll discuss what I mean. Say, the sincere soul longeth for nearness to God, even as the suckling babe yearneth for its mother's breast. Nay, more ardent is his longing, could ye but know it. And again, say, the sincere soul longeth for nearness to God, even as the suckling babe yearneth for its mother's breast. Nay, more ardent is his longing, could ye but know it. So this obviously does talk about the relationship between a newborn, a suckling babe, and a mother, but the purpose of it was this comparison, the sincere soul longing for the nearest to God. And the reason this was really interesting to me as a mother of a newborn was that I kind of could understand it in a different level before I had newborns. <laughs> and I think that level is still accurate. But of course, the older you get in life and the more experiences you have, you can understand the writings more deeply. And I think that's really significant. And that's part of what we're doing in Ruhi courses is trying to deepen our understanding of different quotes and writings and something that we can do on our own as well. So when I think of a mother's breast and a suckling baby, I think, of course, that's the food source. That's the only food source that a baby needs for the first six months is the mother's breast. But now that I'm a mother, the added level of understanding is that my children have looked to my breast as more than just food. It's really a comfort and a safety. 
So my daughter and my son both, they would wake up when they had a pain, a stomach pain or a nightmare or something like that. And they would check for me. They would check for my breast. And if I wasn't there, then they would scream. But sometimes they would notice that I'm there and they would latch on and then they would almost immediately fall back to sleep. So they weren't hungry, you know, they weren't looking for me because they were hungry and, you know, they were getting up because of that. They were really feeling vulnerable. And in that moment, they were wanting my breasts. Then that comparison so strongly, more strongly, makes me understand this idea that our souls are longing for nearness to God for so many reasons. And the more purity and sincerity that I can showcase, the more I can long for God and developing that relationship. And that's really important for me because sometimes, maybe a lot of us have experienced this, I can follow certain things out of obligations. So it's time to go to bed, but I haven't done my evening reading or my prayer or meditation or whatever it is that I haven't done for that day and I can feel like oh yeah I need to do this because if I spent my time doing other things during the day then I should make time to do this as well and while I think obedience is very important that's not the motivating factor that I want to have on a daily basis for my spirituality that oh well if I did this other things then I have to do this as well but really from the sincerity of my soul to see this conversation with God as something that I'm yearning for and that's benefiting me. So I'm saying this not to say that I am of the utmost sincerity because it's something that I still struggle with, but just to share my growing understanding of what that means and my desire to see the lesson and see the opportunity to grow nearer to God and to be grateful for the opportunity to grow nearer to God. So I hope that I'm making the distinction clear, you know, doing something because you believe that this is the right thing to do and you want to follow this because this is your faith and you believe in it and that's great and you want to be obedient, but then a different level of feeling like, I need to do this. I'm yearning to do this. So yeah, I really enjoyed this quote and I just, I had it up on my computer for many, many weeks just reflecting on what that means, not only as a Baha'i, but also as how I see other people. So other sincere souls, even though they're telling me they're not interested or they have a defense up or anything like that, the idea that, you know, deep down they're yearning for this nearness to God, it also affects how I see other people. So yeah, those are my <laughs> reflections on this quote, and I'd be very interested to hear how other people understand it, or if your understanding of any other writings has changed since you've become a mother. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to say is, obviously I made this analysis to the mother's breast, because we know that breast milk is the best milk for a child, and even another mother's breast milk, if you can't produce breast milk, is still going to be very good for your baby, and I know there's some programs where people could donate breast milk or you can buy breast milk. But there are circumstances I understand fully where people cannot breastfeed and you might have to use formula. And I just want to acknowledge that those mothers, often those mothers would like to breastfeed, but they're just in a position where they can't. So, you know, if you can't do it, there's other ways that you're going to connect with your baby and you're still going to bond with your baby and it's going to be a great relationship as you put spiritual principles into place. But I think for people who have an option, you know, it is tiring. The baby really is dependent on you a lot, but it's just this phase of life and embracing this phase of life. It's only going to be for these couple months or a couple years, depending on how long you want to do it, where they're that dependent on you. Not saying that I don't have my struggles, but I try to embrace the phase that I'm in. And for me, that means that the vast majority of time I'm breastfeeding and building that intimate relationship with my children. 
Now, my living the life tip for today is to choo-choo, join the meal train. So if you haven't heard of meal trains, a meal train is basically where family and friends or whoever in the community will sign up to deliver meals to someone. Someone that I knew had a baby and then one of their close friends sent out this sign-up list where you could sign up for an evening and deliver food because having a newborn is a big change. So you could sign up on this list to show up one night and bring food. The family could decide whether that's a drop-off or that's a meet and greet kind of thing. So the family that I went to, it was more of a meet and greet. So we came and brought the food and then they invited us to stay for dinner and hang out with the baby and talk a bit. And so that was really nice. But there might be other families who they really need that quiet time or they really want that space to themselves. And so you could be comfortable just to drop off the meal. And I had another family where I didn't even go to the house. I just gave it to one of their friends to drop off. So they weren't welcoming visitors, I don't believe. Um, and it was a bit far for me. I don't drive. <laughs> so I ended up giving it to someone in their neighborhood to give to them. And of course, it was still very much appreciated and accepted. Um, but those are like two different options. So you could welcome the family to come and stay with you for the evening. For me, I love company, so I would love that. Or you could ask that it be something where they do drop-offs. You don't need to organize it yourself. You can ask a dear friend of yours or a family member to organize it for you. I have never had the meal train, unfortunately. I would have loved to have it because I really do not like cooking. <laughs> if there's one thing I could pay someone else to do, it would be uh, to cook. But yeah, we had just moved to Poland, and of course I didn't know that many people, just his mom and his family. So the meal train was never really an option for us but I think it's a great idea either to have for yourself or to organize for someone so that they don't have to ask especially great gift if um, you don't have a lot of money or a lot of resources right now when you want to do something special for one of your loved ones or your close friends you could offer to organize this meal train for them when they have their baby and the resource that I wanted to talk about it was really hard to pick one thing because when you have a newborn, it is a major, obviously it's one of the most major changes in your life. I mean, marriage and having kids and maybe getting your dream job. I don't know. It's one of those, or pioneering. Um, it's one of those life-changing events that could just make things totally different or not. <laughs> you don't know for sure what your baby's personality is going to be, how the birth is going to go, how your relationship with your partner is going to be after giving birth. So it's really life-changing. And so this is a time where you're going to need more resources. But I'm also very much a minimalist or try to be, I should say. <laughs> so a lot of the resources when I was looking to be a minimalist mother, what do I need? Uh, even those lists were giving me 10 to 15 things at the minimum. And so I am just going to talk about five things today, actually. I'm going to talk about five things that I feel like are really the bare essentials. And then you can get other things as you need to get them. So one of the things when I had our daughter... People were telling me, oh, you should get a stroller. You should really get a stroller. And I already knew that I wanted to carry my baby. Um, and they're like, oh, but you should get it maybe when she gets older and she's heavier or you're tired sometimes, things like that. You should get a stroller. And my response was, strollers are not going to go out of business. <laughs> if I decide that I do want a stroller in the future, I can get it when that time comes, no problem. But there's no reason for me to buy a stroller before the baby's born if I don't think I'm gonna be using it for the first couple of months. And I actually didn't get a stroller until I think Azalea was nine months. And the only reason I got it during that time is because I was pregnant again. And so I couldn't carry her anymore. It just wasn't safe and it didn't feel healthy. But yeah, so the things that I think are essential 
our clothing, and I'm including in that diapers because it's form of clothing. I mean, it's underwear, which is a form of clothing kind of, um, but also because we use cloth diapers. Um, I just thought it would be better for the environment, better for their skin, and in the long run, definitely more affordable. Of course, you're doing more washing, but we found we're doing more washing anyway just because babies are messy. <laughs> so that was a learning curve with the cloth diapers because you do need to make sure you get the right size or I would recommend the ones that clip so you can change the sizes as the babies grow. But at the beginning, there was a lot of leaking and I had to contact one of my friends who I got the diapers from and get a kind of a pep talk from her because I was kind of like, I have to change the outfit every time my daughter pees and I just had to learn, you know, how to be better about changing them very regularly because obviously since it's cloth, it's not going to hold. It's not intended to hold like these disposable diapers will. So I did transition after a while to the disposables overnight and the cloth during the day. And that was because for some reason, my daughter has no conscious of being wet <laughs> and she doesn't like to tell us. And so when she would get wet overnight, you know, she might wake up and be soaking wet. And so I felt more comfortable to have her have the disposable diaper overnight and then during the day we did the cloth diapers so we did a little bit of a mix most things in life I try to be quite balanced I try never to go to like too far to the extreme but obviously you could definitely do it with just cloth diapers if you wanted to go that route so clothing diapers and onesies so I think it is important to try to have clothes that fit your baby well to make sure that they're warm and they're covered and they have you know something comfortable on their skin and so I really recommend onesies and sleepers only if I could have only gotten onesies and sleepers then I would have you know some people gave us clothes so I didn't want to turn down anything but these outfits with the pants and the socks and the shirt and everything they're very cute but they're time consuming and I'm having to change the baby so often not just because of the diaper but because of spitting up that my husband and I really felt that onesies and sleep suits were the best so the other thing is a car seat it's very likely that from the hospital or when you're going out with friends or family members or if you have your own car that you're going to need a car seat and so that's just standard in most places. The next is going to be a place to sleep. I'm not going to say exactly what to get for this because people have different ideas of the sleeping arrangement. So you might be co-sleeping in which case you might just only want to get a pillow or a barrier to make sure your baby's safe when rolling over or you might want to get a crib to put next to the bed. So just to be thinking about what are the arrangements going to be for your baby sleeping. The next thing that I definitely needed was nursing pads. And I got some like pure cotton nursing pads. So now that I've had a second child and I'm nursing most of the time, I actually haven't had to use them as often, but definitely after the first child and at the very beginning stages, my breasts would leak. And if you don't want to ruin your shirt, then it's good to have those pads. Um, they're just little circle pads that you put in your bra. And sometimes I leak so much that it was like all down my dress and my shirt anyway. But yeah, they were helpful at the beginning phases. And the last thing I'm going to say is a baby wrap. I think that closeness between the mother and the baby is quite important. And I found a baby wrap really, really useful in terms of being able to get anything done around the house or, you know, going on trips and things. So there's different kinds. You can get a cloth wrap or you could just use a strong scarf or a blanket. Um, or you could get one of those more sturdy wraps that have the clips and you know just depending on what your style is but I found that that was 
really helpful if you're trying to get things done around the house. It's going to be really hard to do with trying to lay the baby down, um, even to sleep. Really, the baby wrap has been wonderful, and I'm very glad that I have it. I have two. I have a cloth one, and then I also have one with clips. The cloth one obviously is more soft and it feels more cozy, but the one with the clips feels just more protected. And then also I can cover the head easier if it's windy outside or rainy or something because it has like a cloth that I can clip onto my shoulders that fully covers the baby. So those are the five things, the clothing and diapers, car seat, somewhere to sleep, nursing pads, and baby wrap. And like I said, if you come home and then you realize, hey, I would really like to have a diaper bag, I just use my purse and eventually I get an insert for my purse. But if you say, you know, I would really like to have a diaper bag, it would make me feel more organized, then you can always go and get that. And I just am recommending that you really think about what are going to be the basics for you and then feel free that you can learn as you go and you can add on things as you really need them. And in terms of a Baha'i resource, because I always try to promote a Baha'i business or artist or author, I can tell you about garmentofglory.com. And so these are clothing items that are inspired by the Baha'i writing. So you'll see for adults and also for children. And I'm just going to highlight that they do have these summertime onesies for babies. So some of the options you'll have are things like Created Noble, Global Citizen, Pure, Kindly, and Radiant Heart, just, you know, the Baha'i star with different beautiful designs. There's one about being a tiny seed. These are great gifts that you could give for someone who's having a baby, but also something that you can put on your baby, and maybe it could be a conversation starter um, with people in your community or in your circle. And so I think that's really great, and I hope to see in the future that there's more options. I would love to see someone start making the sleepers. Maybe one day I'll be making sleepers with Baha'i quotes. I think that would be really fabulous to have those uh, full-body outfits. So yeah, garmentofglory.com. And as you can imagine, things are going to be a bit delayed right now because of the pandemic, but they are still open and they're still um, taking orders. So thank you so much for joining me today to talk about newborns. And again, like I said, feel free to email me if you have any questions or comments or tips. And I'm going to end today with some poems that I wrote when my children were newborns. Rest, Baby, Rest by Andrea Hope. Lived my life a wild-eyed wanderer, scarcely more and scarcely less, till I stood captured by the stillness of your warm weight upon my chest. Twas whispered in your ear or mine, dear. Rest, baby, rest. Nearness by Andrea Hope Who knew my nearness could feel so far? As if I'd crossed the ocean wide, swept away with wind and tide to leave you with such lonesome cries. I hurry back anxious and meek, a brief relief I sometimes seek, but wisdom you bestow on me, my presence can bring peace. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator, that's me. For more information about the Baha'i faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit Baha'i.org.